This is episode 13, Feminine Wiles. Hi, welcome back to Beyond the Walls podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ramika. And I'm Kylie. We're excited to have you join our conversation about growing up together and learning how to overcome challenges. We will share from our own life and experiences in hope that it might inspire you to go beyond the walls in your way and create the life that you want. So grab your coffee or tea and come on in. So remember when I caught you kissing a boy in the basement? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) You've come a long way with men. (laughs) The journey to get to Lee is like a whole arc. Like Mm. it's both your villain and your like superhero arc. And I just, I love it. I'm so glad we can change as people and mature. I'll just say that. I wanted just to go through because I think not because you have so much experience, but you have so much experience mm-hmm. of I think being very self-aware and figuring out like the journey, truly the journey to get to Lee was this process of you also growing internally. It was you figuring out what you wanted and what you didn't want. And it was also you having a wound and trying to fill that void with other things, other projects and men were your favorite. Yeah. (laughs) You know, guinea pig. That's my loft energy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what I think would be the most helpful is just to, maybe we call this the journey to Lee. Because we all want a Lee, even if it's not Lee, like everything about him. But I think figuring out how do you like sift through all of the people, right? Like no matter who you are, what space you're in, if you want to be in a relationship or not, I think what is true is that if down the road you think maybe possibly I could want this, like if you can start by just having Mm -hmm. somebody to bounce ideas off of and just hear from you on like, what did you learn along the way? Why did you date that person? Maybe like, let's just go through the timeline and back Mm -hmm. up. Okay. Maybe we start at third grade then. We don't have to start about the basement. Third grade. Um, Well, so he was probably my first boyfriend. And he dumped me because I wouldn't kiss him on the lips on the playground in front of his friends. <laughs> so that was short lived. Um, so it started way back in third grade. Actually, kindergarten, um, the love of my life. And kindergarten was Heath. I don't even know what his last name was. <laughs> we could start with Heath. Um, so then there was Carlos. And then there was somebody in fifth grade. Um, I had a boyfriend in seventh grade. And Did I, mom and dad know about any of this? No, it was very embarrassing, very hush hush. I would have been mortified to tell mom and dad. I remember actually the boy in fifth grade actually called my house and asked me to be his girlfriend over the phone. Ooh. And I remember being like so embarrassed. Did you say yes though? I did say yes. <laughs> You know, that was when you guys, back in the day, there was a home phone that was attached to the wall in the kitchen. 
<laughs> it was not a cell phone that was private. I think dad even like answered the phone. We had gotten back. It was like Sunday night. Oh, and he answered the phone and luckily, oh, nobody asked me any questions afterwards. So that was a short, <laughs> awkward conversation. And then even more awkward to get to school on Monday and be like, what does that even mean? Right? In fifth grade, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Nothing is actually happening. Um, but then middle school was a little more serious. Um, that we never like went on dates. Like it was never outside of school. It's not like we went anywhere. What did you do then? It just meant you like held hands through the hallway in between classes and wrote each other notes and like sat at lunch together. I mean, oh. that was like it. It was dumb, right? Yeah. But I did break up with him right before Christmas break. <laughs> and he got me this really nice gold bracelet beforehand. I don't know how the time he went. Maybe it was before spring break. Maybe we were together during Christmas because he gave me a present. But I do remember breaking up with him before some kind of break because then his best friend was so mad at me and chewed me out because then I was going to ruin their break because they were going to go skiing or go do something. And he, he was going to be all depressed and sad. <laughs> so, Wait, this is seventh grade? Yeah, this is seventh grade. Yeah. Oh, the drama, you guys. You couldn't pay us to go back in time. <laughs> at least I would want to go back in time to all the drama, right? Like how intense it feels in that moment of like life and death and this is like your whole life and it's so important at that stage of life yeah i think by seventh grade no i don't think i know by seventh grade you had already had more serious relationships than i have had in my entire <laughs> life <laughs> and we're not even done not even done <laughs> we're not close we're not halfway Mercy. so how does like do your relationships like did you change i guess i actually want to know why were you already in that stage where you were interested in having a boyfriend so young yeah or so many know. do you know like was there anything that happened at that age not up until that point because obviously like I think in the elementary days, it's all just kind of lighthearted fun and games and it doesn't really mean anything and kids are just, we don't even know what we're talking about, right? Yeah. In elementary school. But middle school seems a little bit more serious and there's definitely much more pressure. Um, but I was definitely too afraid to get into trouble in any other ways. Like I was like, I'm not going to go, I didn't want to do drugs and I didn't, it wasn't even trying to have sex. Like that was not even on the table. Right. But having yeah. a boyfriend and having some attention and I think feeling just insecure in those days and really wanting, um, I wanted to feel validated. Like I wanted to feel pretty. I wanted to be sought after and wanted the romance of, I don't even know what it was really. Right. Yeah. I certainly did not pursue I'm not sure that I pursued any of the relationships in my life. It was kind of very reactive. Like hmm. there might've been a crush. Like I was kind of willing to entertain anybody's um, attention. Hmm. Like I wanted to be flirted with, or I wanted to be told that I was pretty or have some attention, but I was too afraid to be like a popular kid. Like I didn't want to show up too much. Like I know yeah. you guys can hear me now is like, I love to be known and I'm out there and totally <laughs> extroverted. I was a very quiet, shy kid. 
with a bunch of boyfriends in the <laughs> roster. <laughs> it was on the down low, like, hush, hush. <laughs> but, right, like, I didn't necessarily know how to find my place. I was just trying to be, like, I wanted to be around enough. I didn't want to be a weirdo. Yeah. And on the outskirts. But I didn't want to be popular because it was just too much pressure. I didn't want to get stuck in those challenges either. So I was like, I was happy to just be, like, in the middle of the road. I like to be friends with everybody. Definitely. Because I was already in that space where I was really looking for the validation from external mm. males, right? Mm. I wanted to have my value validated. Mm. And the way that that needed to be proved was through male attention. Mm. I don't know why nothing really obvious stands out to me that that's what needed to be it. Um, I didn't really have any other focus or drive like I wasn't involved in any other like major activities or having a lot of purpose right so if I wasn't really striving for my academics I wasn't striving for extracurriculars I wasn't really striving for anything else that was kind of I guess maybe out of the lack of anything else valuable that was just an obvious space yeah um but then, so it's, so it set me up to be in this insecure reactive space. Like I didn't really feel like I had any control or had any say. I was just kind of like willing to go along with whoever wanted my attention. I was willing to give it mm. and definitely much more of a people pleaser than of like, who am I to turn it down or to say no. Mm. Um, and so then after the, um, abusive situation, you know, I had, um, the love of my life in the most dramatic sense um there there's was, a lot of those there's a lot of well this was the one <laughs> outside of my real love of my life now but in your high school sense um there was a guy at church that i had the hugest crush on we went to camp every summer mm -hmm. and so we got to go to king's island in the middle of the week which is a roller coaster amusement park and he asked me to go with him as his date, mm -hmm. and I was so excited. So we came back from camp as boyfriend and girlfriend, <laughs> which again, still, like we lived far apart. We didn't go to the same school. We went to the same church, but we talked on the phone. We had different schedules. Neither one of us drove. Like, so yet again, like <laughs> nothing really happening besides just this title. Yeah. Um, and so that only lasted for a little while in my own immaturity and his maturity level and being able to actually like, what does it even mean in the pointlessness of the relationship? Mm. So that didn't last very long, but I was devastated <laughs> and so heartbroken. Um, but from that relationship and from, you know, the abusive one, I think a, an even deeper switch happened for me mm. that became this, not only do I still really want validation from men to prove my value, to prove that I was beautiful or attractive or um, could meet any kind of need. Mm. Now I have this other twist of completely unhealthy. I'm going to now take advantage of you and I will get what I want out of the situation by using my feminine wiles and being able to flirt and your what? My feminine wiles. Okay, you guys, we just had to totally pause and shut down our recording <laughs> to get control of ourselves after dying laughing. Romika got her inhaler out and I peed my pants. <laughs> so, 
feminine wiles, y'all. Let me educate you. I'm going to read you the definition from a website. Feminine wiles is basically the act of getting something done by means of using clever tricks and tactics. Feminine wiles are the acts of using femininity to outfox a man and get things done for themselves. Feminine wiles can include many things, whether display of emotions, use of sexuality, and charms and beauty. It is an art that requires high feminine talent, skills, and guts. It is often considered to be a manner of influencing men using sexuality and seductiveness. Which century is it from? The Victorian era. <laughs> you literally dusted off that word <laughs> to use it randomly in a podcast. Your age is showing, <laughs> as is mine. Okay, so we're at so, the point in your story anyway. where you used your feminine wiles. Yes. <laughs> Which, reading the definition, I didn't really know the definition to the T, but I was like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I think that's what a lot of us do as women. Like, we use our ability to flirt or smile or just manipulate to get what we want. Mm -hmm. And so I think the dynamic between either one, I was like, I'm going to get what I want, which was not going to be taken advantage of the way that I was previously. Mm-hmm. And I also needed my own security to be validated and my value through men. So I think this aspect of my character really became ever present. Mm -hmm. And so, which I think in all of those relationships, I think looking back, each one of those relationships, it either got stronger, like I got better at it, but it also is that much more just built on deception and manipulation and wasn't really anything that was going to last, like nothing that was really that deep or meaningful. They were very shallow, mm -hmm. surfacey in the moment kind of relationships. Did you know that in the moment? Like, were you? Mm, I think after every relationship, I mean, probably almost every grade, I had a different boyfriend. Mm -hmm. um, probably <laughs> <That tracks. laughs> my sophomore year was probably a little bit more of a serious relationship and we're trying to be a little bit more emotionally engaged and more mature. Yeah. Um, I think after that one, I think it was almost like after every relationship, you could kind of look back and just peel back the onions and be like, okay, what was that that happened? Like, here's what I didn't like. Here's what I don't want to do again. Here's what I'm looking for. Maybe we're just hoping for something better next time. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't remember ever being very distraught over relationships ending because I think as time went on, it became clearer and clearer that I really loved dating projects. Mm. Like I was there to just help you be the best guy that you can be. Mm. Let me come up and support you. Let me like, I'm just here to get my, I'm prove in this relationship. I'm proving that I'm wanted and I'm getting that kind of validation that I want. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also finding security and helping you become somebody, right? So I'm serving mm -hmm. and I'm speaking like, like I'm coaching. I want to be a coach. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I just dated men to coach them so they could be full of confidence and not be insecure. Was there ever a point when you were dating them that you were thinking this one I might marry? Like, even though he's a project, if he did take your homework seriously and he did mature was he a prospect for you or mm. was he always going to be like dumped at some point yeah it's a good question i definitely wanted the the relationship that i was in that you know we went to 
King's Island together, mm. I definitely wanted to marry him. Okay. Like, but again, you know, I'm 13 at that age. So we had a lot of maturing and growing up to do. I don't know that anybody else through high school was I actually thinking long term, but I had two relationships once I was in college. And granted, okay, so if you guys have been following along to our podcast and listening, you know that my whole like life path was to be married and to be a stay-at-home mom, right? So mm. there was a lot of there was some purpose in having a dating relationship. Like you could call it courting, whatever. And we certainly weren't courting in high school, but another Victorian word. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. But, you know, like there was a purpose to be like, is this somebody I want to marry? Like, what's the point? I do feel still today. I'm like, what's the point of dating if it's not to decide if you want to get married or not? Yeah. Um, it's kind of a test run, right? And so in early college days, I think those were definitely much more serious. And actually, like really with the thought in your mind, like, is this somebody that I would want to marry? Like, what's their character like? What are they like? Um, but I think in both of those instances, it still was too close to, you know, if you've seen Runaway Bride, hmm. you know, where she kind of just morphs into all of these different men to become whatever it is that they want. Yeah. I could look back and as we're thinking through this, I'm like, that is totally me. Hmm. Where I'm still just trying to find myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure who I'm going to be and who I want to be, which even, you know, talking through this right now, it makes a whole lot of sense where I ended up several years into my marriage of just not really finding my place and who I was and putting too much. It was a different kind of placement on lead that I was looking for. You know, it was different than the relationships of the past, but it still was too much looking to the other person to complete me and for me to find my value in them. Yeah. So all of these relationships up to this point, which really the irony in them is that you were pursuing men who were projects and men or boys who are projects, however you want to say <laughs> it. But the irony in that is actually you were the one who was under construction. Yeah. Like so much of your life was also trying to use them to try to fix something that you felt was missing in yourself yeah. is the core of what was going on. Yeah. And so you're going from person to person trying to figure out like, are you going to fill that void? Are you going to, how are you going to fill the void? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And it seems like you're hitting this dead end, which we know the spoiler is you ultimately make the decision to marry Lee. How did you know that, Lee was the one and why did why were you in a position where you were willing to commit to Lee and mm. yet not to these other guys yeah you know I think um by the time the last relationship that I was in before Lee was probably the first time I was beyond wanting to find my security in a man like it wasn't about validating my value or my attractiveness like that I had shifted in that at that point in my mind yeah um so number one that was probably the biggest healing that I had mm -hmm. in being able to really find my security in God and really committing my life to that kind of a lifestyle mm -hmm. and coming into a relationship <laughs> more whole and complete than I ever was before and 
really had healed so much from the abusive situation back when I was 13 and all of those other relationships, I'd learned a lot. And at that relationship, I think one of the things that I really appreciate about him was this new mindset that is like, if we really are, like we both were trying to decide, like we both wanted to get married, not necessarily, we weren't sure if it was to each other or not, but we both were in that space in life that this was like an intentional dating relationship to see if we were compatible. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of freedom to like, it was going to be a win-win if it worked out great. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay too. Like we're going to learn a lot about each other and we're going to be that much closer, like better to find out now that we're not compatible than getting married and finding out we're not compatible. Mm. And so that was a really safe space to kind of be in and to really kind of mature in a different space to make that decision out of strength and not out of fear or desperation. Yeah. And so by the time I met Lee, I think I was really just enjoying finding myself and being secure in who I was, finding out what I wanted to do. Like I knew I wanted to get married, but I wasn't desperate to get married in that moment. Like I was in college, I was finishing up my associate's degree. I was, I was working on my plan B. Like I didn't want to just marry anybody. I wanted to marry somebody that was going to I, like, I didn't want to marry a project. Like, I think it was really clear that I was done with projects at that point. Mm-hmm. And what was really clear for me in the past relationships is they always started out as crushes. It was like an immediate flirtatious physical attraction or flirting it. You know, like there was just an emotional high. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to know somebody and build a relationship with somebody that was not based on a romantic feeling or flirting or that like that was the end goal. Like I didn't ever really figure out how to just have friendships with men. But isn't there like something to say about like pursuing someone that you're attracted to? Like you're saying you weren't attracted, like you didn't feel like butterflies, if you will, with Lee when you first met him. I did, but I didn't want us to have a relationship based on that. It's kind of like, in the past, I would have had some butterflies or like the butterflies might have come because they were interested in me, like just the the, um, the joy of the chase mm. and let's start a relationship based on that chase mm. as opposed to something deeper. And so when I, we were actually, Lee and I were set on a blind date and um, he, so we met through a friend from church. He was in a different state than I was. And so we went with a group of friends and on that date, like I think one, I wasn't necessarily looking for a relationship and he wasn't either. We both were just enjoying the stage of life that we were in. Mm -hmm. So neither one of us went on that date looking for marriage. Yeah. And, but on that date, like I was, when I was like, I thought he was really cute. (laughs) I definitely was fine for him to like me. Like I didn't need to like him, but I obviously would like him to like me. Right. Like, so there was still a hint of that. Oh, I want to be validated and told that I'm pretty and wanted. Right. Like I wanted to be wanted. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't enough to just be wanted or to pursue. Like I didn't want a relationship to be based on that. And so that's not why you were going to start dating. Yes. Okay. Like it was really important to me that 
we had more substance than that. Like I didn't, how could I say, I think what I would say is I didn't want to get to know somebody through dating. Mm. Like I wanted to know them a little bit. And I think looking back on all of those other relationships, I didn't even like, it was like, I just met you like this fleeting moment. It's not like I grew up, I moved around all the time. Like I didn't grow up around anybody for very long. Yeah. And so I didn't want to date a stranger. Mm. We met around May and our singles ministries just happened to be together at the same place at the same time, multiple times that summer. That's convenient. Very convenient. And it was really fun, right? Like, so it was fun. It was lighthearted, but there was a lot of people around. There was not a lot of pressure and we just kind of got to get to know each other. Mm. And so, you know me, I'm very outgoing, bubbly, extrovert, loves Mm -hmm. to talk, has an immediate emotions about everything immediately. Yeah. Lee is typical engineer, (laughs) introvert, quiet, socially awkward. Like he's the complete opposite (laughs) of what I thought I was going to marry. Yeah. And so there was a part that was just like, it was different Mm -hmm. and we're very opposites. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there were a lot of things that we were actually very similar about. Um, we kind of just got to know each other that summer mm. without there being this, like we weren't on dates. We weren't, you know, there were just group hangouts and like totally chill and casual. Mm-hmm. We weren't like talking on the phone all the time. Um, I'm not sure that we ever actually talked on the phone very much unless it was to like plan something. Um, I think we went on a couple of dates and it's so fun to think back now because oh, those conversations were so awkward. Like, <laughs> Long pauses, super quiet and rough, right? You're just like, you got off the phone and you're like, that was uncomfortable. (laughs) And so to know like where we are now is just like, it's just so cool when you can remember those beginning stages of like how we first met and what it was like in the beginning and to know where we are now and so comfortable with each other and supportive is awesome. But like, it's like night and day too about like, your relationships that I witnessed, especially like closer to college and high school, mm-hmm. but like night and day, a different beginning and a different, mm-hmm. even like during your dating process, it looks so different with Lee. Like even yeah. you guys' decision, like to not be physical, um, yeah. you know, really, I don't know if you're physical at all. No, we had and... our first kiss on our wedding day at the altar. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought it could happen. <laughs> 10 out of 10, highly recommend. Yeah. But why though? Like, what did you get out of making that decision for yourself? <sighs> what was really clear for me, especially at that point after all of these different relationships and how I had grown and the wounds that really needed to be taken care of mm. and healed and you know kind of what you were talking about like being under construction like I needed to be secure in who I was and be my own person and not not to look to other people to tell me how valuable I was mm. and I think for me like I really just did not trust my own self-control to lean on that crutch of do you find me attractive then this is how it this is how you show me this is how i'll know Mm. and more importantly attraction is fleeting 
Like, it is just a moment. Like, the physical attraction, like, you you want to be physically attracted to people, but it's not the whole relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, there is so much more to marriage and a real relationship and a friendship and supporting each other through the highs and lows of life. Sex is not going to keep you together. It is not the most important thing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And we made a very distinct decision we decided early on in our relationship not to have any sexual relationship. And so what it did do for us... Like you both were on the same page. We both were on the same page. And we had one, it takes two, mm-hmm. because I had tried that before, right? Like I kind of wanted to... I didn't want that to be what all the relationships were about. Mm-hmm. But if both people are not on the same page, it's impossible. Yeah. It takes two to be on board. And he had his, his own personal conviction. I had my own personal conviction and we set ourselves up to do that. Like it meant that we didn't do certain things. We didn't go certain places and we didn't talk about certain things. Mm -hmm. And so what it did do was allowed us to really experience true intimacy. Mm -hmm. And we had to actually have real conversations and we had to actually talk about our feelings And we had to actually learn how to resolve conflict Mm -hmm. and talk about the uncomfortable things. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to just trust that he found me attractive Mm -hmm. and thought that I was beautiful. I mean, it's not like you could tell me he didn't think I was pretty, but we're not going to dwell on it. Like Mm -hmm. we're not, it's not the whole part of the relationship. Like there's just certain things we're not going to talk about then to set ourselves up for success. Mm -hmm. And because I couldn't use my feminine wiles <laughs> to win him over. Like, I didn't want to be manipulative like that. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. want to resolve conflict in that way. And I think that's what does happen. And mm-hmm. at least it happened for me in a lot of my other relationships. Like, let's just fix it then. If we're, you're mad at me, I can fix it this way then by distracting you. Mm-hmm. And it's this false sense of intimacy that is very important like it it does have its place and it is a great thing in its proper place yeah but sexual intimacy without real relationship intimacy it's just it's not worth it Mm. and i think in the relationship because we didn't have any of the sexual aspect to interfere or resolve anything like we couldn't count on any of that to fix it or to resolve it or we couldn't find any security in that space yeah You had to find another way. We had to find another way. And really, it's the more sustainable way, right? Like, that's what's going to keep us through the hard times. Well, honestly, the emotional intimacy is what makes the physical, like, it's what makes the sex good anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's how you can go from zero to 100 on your honeymoon. You know, like, because at that point, we had, I knew exactly what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. And Lee knew exactly what he was getting into Mm -hmm. like we knew the dark sides the good sides the pros and cons of our character and who we were and what we were about our fears and at that point when you feel that safe and secure with another human being then the physical stuff just comes naturally I think a lot of what I hear at least with like my peers and we always talk this way, but I don't know if you're going to want to answer it so publicly. But 
I think the insecurity and what like holds people back is like, how do you know that you're going to be compatible? And how do you know that you're even going to have a great sex life if you haven't tried it out? Yeah. And I think the fear too, that like, there's all these horror stories even about like the honeymoon night, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, because I guess it also has to do with like their own backgrounds and what they were told about sex and how, yeah. you know, like their family approached those kinds of conversations. But, you know, some of my, um, the stories that I've heard have been of like, the women like they couldn't have sex at all you know like they had to go to a sex therapist and there was like a lot of this stuff like you're the stigma is you're gonna have an awful sex life if you choose not to or you choose abstinence like before then was that your experience it was not uh, my experience which i am super grateful and i do feel like that is true like that does happen but i think if that had had, cause I do have friends that also had a really hard time physically, yeah. you know, like where they then had to go to a doctor and check something out, right. Or it was super painful or there were difficulties. I think. Which there's no shame in that, by totally the way, like no we're shame. not like talking down <clears throat> on that, but just like, that's the fear with it. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it. Like, why do we make that even an issue? Like that that's a problem yeah. or that that's something wrong is happening. Mm. Um, because that was going to happen under any circumstances, right? Like, oh, that's true. It's and it's workable because I mean, there's how many people in the world have arranged marriages, mm. right? Like, I yeah. think it's kind of somewhere in that realm that's like you just make it work. Like, when you're committed, and, and some of them work great, some of them fall in love with each other, some of them don't, right? And how many marriages end <laughs> in divorce yeah. that chose each other you know that weren't set up beforehand and so i think for myself and my friends that did not necessarily have great honeymoon experiences what has the difference for relationships where it brings the people together or brings them farther apart i think is why it's so important to really get to know each other in the dating phase mm-hmm. because the friendship that we had created the safe space to really be honest. Mm-hmm. And because we didn't, and I'm not saying, you know, there's no judgment. This is just my personal experience. Everybody has a different experience and every one of them is recoverable. Mm-hmm. But I think that for me personally, between relationships that I had had, previous to Lee and the relationship that I had with Lee was I more physically intimate with other men than I was with Lee before we got married? Yes. Was I emotionally intimate with those other guys than I was with Lee? No way. Mm -hmm. And so I think the more emotionally intimate we can be with each other and really see each other's character and pick somebody who is going to support you and love you unconditionally. Mm. And you can feel safe enough to be honest with the ugly and still be accepted. Mm. The safer space it's going to be when things like that's not going to be the issue. 
that, that's not going to be the deal breaker. Yeah. Right. And I think the other thing that's important before we talked about this part that was different with the other relationships is I think Lee was the first guy that I think I really felt like he was not a project. And I felt really privileged that he was interested in me. Like I felt like Mm -hmm. he was better than I was. Like I didn't deserve him. Whereas in all the other relationships, I still was so guarded, right? Like not to say that I was better than them, but I was not even willing to be emotionally vulnerable or willing to put my guard down to even consider letting myself be in a position where I could be hurt or rejected Mm. or worth losing, right? They were very safe for me emotionally and long-term. Like there was no real commitment on my part. Yeah. And so the space that I was in with Lee was really feeling truly like honored. Like we both felt like we were getting the better end of the deal. So now with Lee, I guess because they don't know him at all. And <laughs> what's funny is how similar me and Lee are. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, I cannot relate to him. Like, he's so yeah. different. And then I moved here. And as we got to know each other that much more, like, we're so similar. Like, I just get him. Yeah. And vice versa. He's such a good person to ask for advice from mm-hmm. for that reason, too. But, like, just describe his personality. And then I also am interested, too, in, like, because you guys were dating, something that you've talked to me about, like, all the time was just, like, you really value the character. You were, like, the character is what I was looking for because, ultimately, it's the character that's going to shine through on his best day and his worst day. And that matters. And so just like describe his character, but then some of the like things that maybe even you weren't like fired up about, but why did you compromise on those? Mm -hmm. If you even feel like you compromised on those characteristics to have what you deem as good. Yeah. Those are great questions. Um, I think that one, yeah, just off the bat, he was finishing up his master's degree. So I was like, okay, he's really smart Mm. and he's disciplined and he's going to be responsible. Right. Okay. So he's going to be a provider if I want to be a stay at home mom. (laughs) (laughs) She was worried about that bag. Let's just, that was one. Um, two, he told me a story in high school that he went like a whole year saving up his lunch money like the man skipped lunch to save up his money to buy a computer part okay (laughs) one i just could care less about the computer part right i was like oh my goodness he's such a nerd (laughs) but he saved his money he saved his money i was like oh i've never worked that hard for anything like i have never wanted anything that bad to sacrifice that much right and so to me i was like wow like talk about some discipline some long suffering Mm -hmm. and perseverance. Yeah. Like this is someone who is a hard worker, Mm -hmm. complete opposite of me. Right. Like (laughs) I was like, that's cool. (laughs) Um, I think the other aspects, I think 
because he's an engineer and does not make decisions lightly, I think then one, I think once he was ready to act, you really trusted that he was really committed to it. Yeah. He was not flighty in any way. Mm-hmm. I think it sealed the deal for both of us is um, we went with a group of friends to Cedar Point, another amusement park. <laughs> Uh, But we spent all day long together, right? Like from open to close, super long. And we didn't get sick of each other. Mm. So we're like, that's a good true test. If you can spend an entire day with somebody and not be annoyed with them at the end of it. We, I think we rode every roller coaster together. I hated roller coasters as a kid. Yeah. Never went on a single one. And so I was like brave enough. So one, I think he helped me have adventure and to have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not a very fun person. I like to have fun in my own ways, but I'm kind of a play it safe, quiet at this point. In the fun area. In and fun. Lee actually prioritizes fun. He loves fun. Yeah, he really values that. The more <laughs> wild and adventurous, the better. And so I rode front car of every roller coaster in that park that day, side by side with Lee. <laughs> Super fun, right? So yeah. kind of that positive peer pressure of like, yeah, I kind of wanted to impress him. I could do it. Like, I felt brave and confident next to him. And he loved it, right? So it was really fun. Like, I loved it, and he enjoyed it, and we had a fun time together. Yeah. Um, and then, actually, even once we were dating, one of, I took him skydiving for his birthday. <laughs> so we went skydiving together. We did really crazy stuff together, which is so much fun, thinking about it now. Um, but the challenging parts, I think that we really realized early on is that because he's so quiet and so awkward, right? Like he was so uncomfortable he'd actually never had a girlfriend before. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't anything to compare it to, but he wasn't necessarily, um, he didn't have all the history that I had. Right. But I also then didn't want to come in my experiences weren't necessarily good ones. Like we wanted to have a clean slate for both of us. Right. Um, and so we were about six months in and we fought a lot in our dating relationship. Like argued, argued. Mm -hmm. We actually had another friend. They were married. It was another couple and we would get together with them regularly, like kind of for counseling, like, (laughs) Talk us. Like Kylie and Lee are back again. <laughs> yeah, talk us through. We are not going to get beyond this fight. So if you can imagine, okay, I talk a ton. I have opinions about my opinions in matter of moments. <laughs> and you want to be taken care of. And I want to be taken care of. And this man can like, it's, he needs days to process a thought before giving you an opinion. <laughs> So how do we bridge that gap? Mm -hmm. Right. And so I had to learn to be quiet long enough to let him speak, to wait for him to speak. Mm -hmm. And he had to really push himself to start speaking. Mm -hmm. And I remember a couple months in, we had gone to go visit his family and I met his dad and I was like, you make a lot of sense. (laughs) His dad is even quieter Mm -hmm. than Lee is. Right. And so I got to see like, oh, wow, like you really have like grown a lot, right? Like even just in his, how much he's art, he like, he really is trying and putting forth a lot of effort. And he's, he is super funny. He's not, I mean, he has friends. He's super funny. He's Mm -hmm. very giving. He's social. Mm -hmm. He's not like a, um, a hermit or anything. Yeah. But when it came to like really sharing it, 
personal information or being engaged emotionally, right? Like mm -hmm. this was back in the day. We didn't quite have smartphones yet. And I was working full-time at Progressive at the time and he was working a full-time job. And so we could email each other at work. So for example, after the point where we started saying, I love you, I like, you know, just a quick kind of more like what would have been a text message, but mm -hmm. it was through email, right? Like just a quick, Hey, thinking about you, having a great day, love you, whatever days would go by because Are you still bitter? Uh, yeah, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> he's like his philosophy in life was anything that can be written down can and will be held against you in the court of law so you better like really mean it and so those were some of our fights in the beginning it was like if you have to think this hard whether or not you love me every single time like do you either do or you don't and so i did give him an ultimatum about six months and i was like you either got to really like, I got to see some serious progress here or we can't do this. Mm -hmm. And he turned it around. He did an awesome job <laughs> and was super sweet and worked through. But I think because we were able to fight so much, right? Like we, we laid it all out before we got married. Yeah. There was nothing hidden or unresolved and we knew exactly what we were getting into. Mm. And so on those days later on in our marriage that were so rough and so low mm. and so discouraged mm. and so far from where we had started, I think that was a big part that kept me hanging in because I remember one of the things that we talked about when we did premarital counseling was, are you willing to marry the person who he is today? Mm. And was he willing to marry me for who I am today? Mm -hmm. Not who we hope we're going to turn into, not how we're going to grow and mature and change. Mm -hmm. Like if nothing changes, if we don't mature any more than where we are right now, do you still want to marry this person? Mm -hmm. And we said yes. And so on those days where I was like, mm, I'm not so sure. Like I really <laughs> wish this would change. I don't like how this is going. I was like, I said yes. I knew what I was getting into and I said, yes. Mm -hmm. So that saves you a lot from kind of like, that was my baseline. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think what is interesting, you know, as we were talking in the beginning and, and thinking about like how much of my value I was putting in other people's hands for myself. I think all of that, obvious piece had healed a lot and I wasn't looking for that from Lee, but that was still a big part of what tore us down so much in those early years is that I still, I, I had more owning to do mm -hmm. in my purpose. Like I, it wasn't so much in the physical attraction or like high level value, but like what talents and gifts and purpose was I bringing to the table in life? Mm -hmm. And instead being Lee's biggest supporter. Mm. I was Lee's biggest cheerleader. He had great ambitions. Like he went back and got his PhD and he loves to work. He has always had like two jobs mm -hmm. and I'm sitting at home, right? Just feeling so like purposeless mm. and not finding value in my life. And he's not looking to validate my life. And I was upset about it, right? Like, I was like, I want you to be happy with me. And he's like, you need to be happy with yourself. Like, I'm not here to give you your value. Like, you have value all on your own. Like, he's just the icing on the cake. Hmm. And so. That's hard. 
It is. It was really hard in those days. But I think once I was able to really recognize that that's what was happening, you know, we needed to take in another layer, but I didn't have to undo our entire marriage and it didn't have to tailspin beyond our baseline. Like we both knew what we were going to getting ourselves into and the security and the trust that we had built. Mm -hmm. And how do we keep every single one of us keep maturing and keep owning and keep taking personal responsibility for all of our upsets and all of our weaknesses and immaturity and where do we have to keep growing and how do we grow together? Mm. And I think that's really hard to do in a marriage. And that's where a lot of marriages break down is how do we mature and accept each other at the level that we're at and do it together and leave each other the space to grow at different paces. Mm. And I think because we had such a strong baseline and a start you know, we weren't going to allow ourselves to go below that. Do you think you argue as much now as you did when you were going through premarital counseling? No. I think that first year was complete joy. Um, but things got harder after that more because we were, I think I just felt lonely. And it was easy to go back into old ways, right? Where he could just be really quiet and not um, as getting vulnerably or just being busy, right? Like he just was really, he was easy to be distracted at work. And all I did was family and all Mm -hmm. he did was work. Yeah. Um, And so in those years was really hard, but I think once we kind of hit that turning point and I started having um, a life basically, (laughs) (laughs) not just putting my life on hold and letting him live his life, but like we both had a life to live and we could do it together. I think, we really had to grow in just that mutual respect for one another and mutual trust. Mm. And so our fights now, we definitely don't fight the same way or for the same reasons. And a lot of what we've shared through all of these podcasts is a lot of what has brought a lot of healing in our marriage to be able to really ask the real questions and to keep fighting for that real intimacy because now we're married it's really easy to slip right back into that sexual intimacy to fix everything. Mm. And you still have to fight for the emotional intimacy because just like what you were talking about, like that's what brings the security and the healing back to the sexual part. Mm. And it does allow room to each one of us has our own journey. We had our own weaknesses. We had our own abuses or, You know, we were taught wrong things or had a different mindset that we can create a new mindset and a new belief and to have a new sexual relationship Mm. with our partner that is based on mutual love and respect Mm. and reframe our mind about what it means and why we're afraid of it or why we're insecure or why it's challenging Mm. and not have to use it against each other. How do we how do we heal together and individually? Yeah. I think because of you going through this, that's what's so helpful about having an older sister or just somebody that you can talk to Mm -hmm. who has just gone through life (laughs) at the stage that you're kind of approaching. Because I think one of the, I remember one of the things that you shared with me just in college, because that was around the time where I was kind of going back and forth, like, do I even want to get married? Like, I'm not sure if I do want to get married. And, um, you know, like at that point you had still, like, even though you guys were going through your own things in your marriage, like you had learned so much over the years. And I remember you just sharing with me because the assumption 
that I had, and I know so many other people who are single have, is that, you know, the things that are unresolved in your life while you're single, like there's some things that marriage can fix. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so powerful in hearing you even say that last piece, that like you were looking to lead to fill give you purpose or you were looking to him to provide happiness like that's something that you were looking to your other relationships for like it's not like it resolved in those relationships and it definitely it was still unresolved or left unresolved in your marriage and I I hear that and for me I'm like that's challenging because there's a space like with being single that you want to say like, oh, that could be resolved. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't really need to, I can just like choose not to work on that if I want to get married because getting married will resolve that. And Mm -hmm. that kind of like busts that myth. Yeah. That's a big, that's a bold faced lie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like the grass is not greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's different. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think I remember one of the phrases that, um, one of the things that I tell a lot of my single friends, and I think I've told you before too, is that your worst day as a single is better than your worst day as a married. <laughs> That's so dark. Does that make sense? <laughs> right? Like as a single, like your roughest days of loneliness and despair or fears or struggles, whatever, like that loneliness and wanting to be in a relationship. So you know how that feels. It is even worse in a marriage. Why? I think because what you're hoping for, you're like, if when you're lonely, when you're single, then marriage fixes that you're no longer lonely. Mm -hmm. But when you're married, you should have that other person and you shouldn't be lonely anymore. Mm. That's and the assumption. Yeah. Mm. And so then when you are married, you shouldn't be lonely in a marriage. Mm. Like you're in a relationship together. Yeah. And so I think to be lonely in a marriage where you're already in this committed, like you're with somebody that says, I'm with you. Mm. That's like double rejection. Mm. And so I think the point and the purpose of sharing that is to, as much as it's not fun to hear, like it's worth waiting for the right one. Mm. Like marrying anybody to fix that loneliness, like that's not worth it. Mm. It's not all that it's cracked up to be. And so one, marrying somebody who's got great character, someone that is compatible with you is a great start, but trusting and knowing that it still is possible to feel lonely, but you don't want to stay there. Did you go into, I'm kind of like backing us up a little bit more just to I just want clarity, but like, did you go into your relationship with Lee with a checklist? Cause I know that's really big. Like, mm. do you make a checklist or do you not? And did he meet everything on your checklist or did he not? Like, is there flexibility or is there not? Because there's also like, I mean, you kind of um, shared this a little bit, but just like 
in your marriage counseling or pre-marriage counseling, like, do you want to marry this person if they never change? Mm -hmm. And I also remember, like, I don't know if I was listening to a podcast or what, but they said, um, they were like looking at this like pool of data. I don't know what, but they were just saying that like within the sample of men and women, it was more common that men would get married hoping the woman never changes Mm. and the women would get married hoping the men do change, (laughs) which led to a bunch of like disgruntled or disgruntlement in their marriages if they did choose to get Mm. married. Um, And then the other thing that they highlighted in that same uh, study was that women use sex to get love from men and men use love to get sex from women. And that in and of itself is also a facade. So for somebody like me who wants to avoid all kinds of rejection in all places, I'm like, okay, like I want to find security in a checklist. Like I definitely want to. Um, And I know my friends are like that, but then there's part of me too. That's like, is that even realistic? Like, Mm -hmm. is there like, at what point, what are the things you choose to be flexible about? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot of pros and cons to a checklist. Mm-hmm. And I think it depends on how deep the checklist goes, would be my opinion. So for me, I did not have a long checklist. Um, I don't really, I, I mean, I had some basics. I had a, um, Lee is the complete opposite of who I thought I was going to marry <laughs> to my middle school, high school self. Oh, okay. Um, I thought for, I mean, I would have, if I were to choose, he would have been black and an extrovert, <laughs> like hands down. <laughs> Lee is very white. He's very, he's taller than me, but he's little, he's short, just like me and a very serious introvert. Hmm. So on those kind of levels, right? Like complete opposite. So yeah. I think those are things that are hard. Like when you get too specific, you limit amazing possibilities when we're too specific on physical attributes or their personality. Like there's just certain things like don't be too specific that you eliminate people that you wouldn't have expected. Mm. But I think on my personal checklist, just for me, um, I really wanted somebody who we shared the same faith. Like I wanted to have the same spiritual convictions. Mm-hmm. I also really wanted somebody, I think I had a lot of peers and it was sort of normal in my um, spiritual environment to have like converted your spouse in a sense. Mm. Uh, Like I really wanted him to be a Christian all on his own, all on his own merit. Like I didn't want to have anything to do with his like, I, I didn't want him to be a, I didn't want it to be a project. Mm. And that would have been a really important character aspect of like, do not become this certain way because of me. Mm. Like, I really didn't want to change the other person or have to be a, like, I wanted you to have your own strong character all by yourself that I had nothing to do with. Yeah. And so that was really clear for me outside of those two things. I don't think I was really that specific. But like, I was pretty open to anybody. And at that point I was really more concerned 
of the things that I was aware of to just be really responsible with my own life. Mm. Right. Like it, it was really important to me that I was in a space that I was willing to dream a different life. Like there wasn't anybody obvious to marry in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well I have to provide for myself then. Right. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. just going to marry anybody just cause I wanted to be a stay at home mom and I didn't want to have a career. Mm-hmm. I was at a space where I was ready to go to the next level. And Lee was totally, when we met, I was finishing up my associates and I was starting to plan. Like I'd already knew what college I was going to go to and what I was going to get my degree in. But once we started dating and we were kind of started talking about our future, his mom was a stay at home mom. Like he totally respected and valued that role. Mm. Um, but he also highly valued education. So it was never a question of like, maybe like he actually always said, well, well maybe someday you'll go back to school. Mm. You know? And I was like, no, why would I do that? <laughs> I had zero interest <laughs> in doing that. But, you know, being in that kind of space, like we knew that there was some, like through our dating relationship, we were able to kind of match up, like, were our personalities going to be helpful for one another? Were we going to help each other be better? Or were we going to bring each other down? Like, did we bring out the best in each other or the worst in each other? Mm-hmm. And actually, on our, after our first date, his response to the friend that set us up was, he felt like, he's like, we're actually too similar. And, like... The, you and Lee were too similar? Yeah. Like, there were some, like, real, like, parts that are very similar about each other, but what's really fun and so cool that I think we've already realized for each other is how much you are like Lee (laughs) and the same way that me and you are very similar. Like we kind of struggle with the same things, but for different reasons, Mm -hmm. that is how Lee and I are in a lot of ways, but we're actually kind of more opposite, but the things that we are similar on we struggle for different reasons and we struggle in different ways. Mm. And so we really balance each other out in a lot of those areas. And so we really can be, you know, someone who's helping each other to be stronger when we're both in a good space, right? Like we can definitely, I think each of us in every marriage, like they're not perfect and it's not easy and it's not simple. But the more that when Lee and I take personal responsibility for ourselves and we stop blaming each other for, our weaknesses that's the space where we can just support each other and love each other from a good space and a good healthy space mm-hmm. so back to your original question I was talking about to have a list or not to have a list um and so i think i don't know did i answer that i guess you want to have some high standards for yourself mm-hmm. but not so high and so clear that you eliminate some guys that would be really great, Mm. but because they didn't need these like really extreme specific details, you didn't even, you weren't even willing to consider them because I think we, why you want to keep an element of surprise. Like you never know who's going to end up becoming a great fit. Mm -hmm. And how do you be willing to be open enough that you can really get to know somebody, but not be desperate that you'll just take anybody. Yeah. So since you brought up checklists, I mean, do you have a checklist? Do you want to get married? What's up with you? Wouldn't you like to know? Mm. If this episode speaks to you and this is where you got stuck, we want to work with you. We have exciting news. We have launched our website, which includes our first membership program. We are limiting the admission to 15 people, so don't wait. Be the first to get in. 
you will have access to live group coaching sessions two times a month. This is where you'll be given the opportunity to bring any questions you have either about the podcast, hangups you're having, or discuss other areas of your life where you're seeking more input. We'll also provide additional member-exclusive resources to help you identify and go beyond the walls in your own life. The bonus for the first 15 is that one, you get the lowest price with the maximum value as you will be given access to all future content and coaching that we add. Your monthly membership will never increase. We can't wait to work with you and meet you face to face. Till next time. Bye.